0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling out to the Helping Spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine, to all of those ancestral helping spirits, those people who lived well and died well, and who bring to us this legacy of all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out to these ancestors to help us to learn from those who have gone before us, to help us to lean in and know that they have our back that they are protecting us as the living and supporting us in doing what we feel we are called to do in our lives. And in particular, that they're supporting us in doing it in a way that doesn't repeat the very same problems from the lives of the ancestors. May we learn, truly learn from those who have gone before us and be that spark of innovation and creativity and illumination that is needed in our own time. So I call out to these ancestors to gather around us here today and to help the living to do what must be done for those who are coming. And I reach through these ancestral helping spirits, these humans who gather around us, to those energies that were here long before there was ever a human. I call out to our non-human ancestors all the way through the plants and the animals and life around us, into the spirits of the land and the great spirits of the land, And even the elemental energies, I call out to all of these energies that were in the dreaming before there were humans and ask them to help us to dream well. To cast away those energies we bring into the world through our thoughts and actions that ultimately manifest as nightmares. And to realign our dreaming with the true resonance of this dream of life that was born in the very beginning of life on this planet. So with the dream of life being sung into our ears by the ancestral energies gathering around us, let us focus ourselves, drawing our awareness from wherever it might be into our heads. Another breath and take it from our head to our heart. And another breath, taking it from our heart down to our belly. And from our belly to take a nice deep breath and release and take a moment and just connect with the earth stop all of everything that is going on around you and in your life and just touch the earth and give thanks for this day. Thanks for all that has been in your life that has brought you to this moment, especially those parts you have yet to figure out what the point was. We give gratitude for the whole journey. And we give gratitude for all that is in this moment and our ever-expanding capacity to be in good relationship with the unknown. To be passionately committed to the process at hand, without attachment to that outcome, and we give gratitude to the earth for all that will be, for whatever it is for us, those living at this time on the planet, it will be here. On this earth. So, with enormous gratitude to the earth, all that is and all that will be, and the great wonder of life itself, we reach our energy down through all the layers of the earth, giving gratitude as we go, reaching deeply to the very center and to the center of the earth, there where we can connect with energies that are still and dark and silent and nourish, those that rejuvenate and restore and refresh us, those that are before the abundance before they become things here on earth but that which nourishes all things we connect with this energy and reach into it as we would reach into fresh water on a hot hot day and we draw that energy up and into our body letting the energies of the earth infuse our energy body and the cells of our physical body and imagine this energy refreshing and cleansing, nourishing and restoring. We call this energy in that we might learn from it how to be ever more grounded in our life, in our body, in this moment, and to know what it is that we stand for. And to stand for that in our life and to build our sense of place and home and belonging from those things that truly have heart and meaning in our lives. Not just taking for granted what has been given us, but to discern in that package what is worth continuing to give your life to and what has grown past its time and needs to be allowed to go. This is the wisdom of the earth. As we can see all around us here on the planet at this time, as every human on the planet is either moving in fall or spring in these transitional times. Let us learn what to give our heart to and what to let go of and do so in a good way. And we ask the earth to help us to understand that. And in that understanding, help us to come into right relationship with ourselves, what we need to let go of within ourselves. right relationship with our environment, right relationship with all the living things in our environment, and right relationship with the spirit world. And as we learn about connection and interconnection and how to be in good relationship with things, let us have our day blessed in each moment, if we can, with one moment, we can slow down and tune in deeply enough, sensitively enough, to feel ourselves as part of this great web of life, and to know our place in that, and to take our right relationship with ourselves from that knowing. So, as we draw the energy of the earth up from our bellies to our hearts and our hearts to our mind, let us rise with this energy up through the sky and whatever weather whatever weather it holds for you today out through the atmosphere and all the way up and out into the cosmos and let your energy caress and be caressed by all the heavenly bodies all the wonders of our universe that which has yet to be discovered all the way to this great mystery to that which is not ever to be solved And in the presence of that great mystery, let us connect with the highest power of the universe, with this energy, these radiant energies that radiate down into our lives and draw this energy in, into the top of our head, into our heart, into our belly, sending it down into the earth. And in this way, we call in the energy of blessing, the energy of protection and commitment and devotion. We call these energies into our life that we might use them to be better able in our own lives, to recognize the champions and the mentors that are there for us and to use what they have to offer so that we might be better, better mentors and champions for others. So as we call this energy in, drawing in the benevolence of the universe, all the wisdom of the cosmos, and that which inspires and illuminates, we call these energies in. Then as we draw the sky energies down and the earth energies up, Let us open up that center channel within our own body to be awakened and alive with the energies of earth and sky. These two great legendary lovers. And may the big love shared between the two of them awaken our own hearts. May the spirit of our hearts wake up. May we open up that crucible of transformation that is present within each one of us and draw up the fiery passions of the belly without fear, without resistance or hesitation about who we are in this life and draw that energy up and drawing down the crystal clarity of the mind that can discern, can look around and discern clearly and creatively how are we going to do the man or woman that we have come here to be. And we draw these energies together Because alone, they cannot find their way. But we draw them together in the heart. Where the passions are why and the how in the head come together in the heart to find true meaning and purpose and value and magic. And may you find in that magic some sense, some memory, some understanding of why you are here something that resonates truly and deeply with your own truth. And may you find the courage in your heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring that gift into manifestation in the world so that you can share it with others. And for all of the spirit help that we have to do this, I give great gratitude As these energies gather round, I ask that what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard and that these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I want to give special thanks to Elizabeth and Leah, to Xavier, Malama, Amy, Michael, Evelyn, Susan, and all of the listeners who have donated financially to the show. This show is listener-supported. There are many bills that get paid each month to keep this show and its archives available for free for anyone who can get onto the internet. And I give great gratitude to those of you that assist me in being able to make this a reality in the world. If this show moves you in any way, if it moves you in the heart, I ask that you allow that motivation in your heart to move your actions in the world. And to do something, large or small, in some way to help the show to grow. And if you don't feel that you can donate financially to, show, to the show, please do something else that somehow brings the teachings and grounds them into the reality of your life, maybe into your journey circle, into your practices, um, that you share these things in the wonderful land of the internet, and that you comment and discuss, and that you open up um, in your own, your own practice uh, to others, that others might be inspired by you to find a way. So in all the many ways that you are helping, I give thanks. If you want to donate to the show and haven't yet and don't know how, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com and this is the show's own um, internet page. All the archives are there. You can scroll down from in this, click the support button and scroll down, donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air and you're welcome to email me at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org if you'd like to send a regular check to a regular old address. I'd be happy to give that to you. Um, the show today is live. Uh, if you want to call in and, uh, about today's topic, which is continuing uh, with last week's topic about abandonment, presence, and the spiral path. So if you want to call in, you can call in at 512-772-1938. Or you can Skype in from the code Network.com site. Um, and also, if you have questions after the fact, you're welcome to email me at Christina at LastMaskCenter.org. So as I said, this is part two um, of a discussion on abandonment and presence and how to bring your shamanic skills to bear on... Um, freeing yourself from patterns, either patterns of abandonment or actions that are driven in your life because of your own fear of abandonment or patterns of that fear. So I was trying to make a couple of points last week and one was that to ask effective questions with our shamanic skills, we need to actually unpack the original abandonment um, and really understand it to make ask intelligent questions about it and the second point I was trying to do was to really turn a spotlight on what does it really mean to bring actual presence to your own process and today's show is is definitely a companion to last week I'm not going to repeat much of that but I did end that show feeling that I had not really completed this discussion on the topic um so I think in my own life I think of this whole issue of of being present with myself and whatever the um, challenge is. In this case, we're speaking particularly about the relationships between the relationship between abandonment and presence. Um, but in my own life, I think of this as a spiral path. And and it is so central to my way of thinking about life and my work that it's actually one half of the logo for Last Mass Center. Um, for me, the spiral path is the path to going within. Um, and this path speaks to a pra- to practice, to to a practice that results in drilling down around something. Not so much in a sense of the force of drilling down but more that willingness to keep stepping deeper and deeper spiraling down into your own darkness towards the source of whatever and that's part of the point for me in in actually being on the spiral path in my own life and I feel this is true for others Uh, what it means to be a human on this path is that you don't know where it's going That it is a path of adventure and curiosity. It's a path of transformation. But if you actually know where you're going, part of my point last week was then you're really not on the spiral path. You're really not being present with what you're discovering if you're simply cycling through territory you're already familiar with. And so to really be on the spiral path then is about being present with each step and responding to that step and taking the next one and so as I was thinking about what I didn't really say last week or didn't get to or couldn't quite articulate I also um, taught the clearing class again this weekend which certainly has a, a healthy relationship with what we're talking about here and I spent a lot of time thinking about what am I really talking about basically so Back to the topic at hand, though. Abandonment and presence are in relationship with each other. And I, and I hoped to illuminate that last week. It's a sense of more of a Taoistic relationship, a yin-yang relationship with each other. And so the very fact of feeling abandonment means there's a calling, a natural calling within us to presence. So, and, and vice versa that if we become too present and too rigid in this sense of who we are in this moment it's like there's a, there there becomes a need to abandon the moment and to leap into something so it's not necessarily an unhealthy abandonment but what we were talking about is how we can move from a, a pattern of abandonment or fear of abandonment and bring presence to each step on the spiral path and really cultivate presence as a gift out of the heartbreak of abandonment and so when we're talking about presence in this regard in this context what we're really talking about is um, you are choosing presence when what you're doing is not primarily a means to avoid fear of abandonment or actual abandonment okay so um First off, we have to investigate our choices and our unconscious fear of abandonment that fueled those choices. And so, um, in other words, we have to recognize that what's driving what's going on is our fear of abandonment or or some sort of actual abandonment that has us, um, that's driving our actions, our way of perceiving of the world, how we're thinking, how we're feeling, that that's what's driving us. Um, and then... When we name that, if we want to step onto the spiral path with that, we need to actually step into that abandonment versus saying, oh, this is just my abandonment pattern from when I was five. We need to walk down that spiral path that we meet that five-year-old that was abandoned. So this was talking about when we when we we distance ourselves from these the actual act of transformation when we refer to our um trauma really um generically and so where we are not really present with the 5-year-old who was abandoned if we're just referring to that thing that happened to us at 5 versus being with that 5-year-old within ourselves who is still feeling abandoned and so that that choice to step onto the spiral path is a choice to move towards a presence more towards presence and away from abandonment. And I watched this a lot in the clearing class where people were with the part of themselves that really holds that original real-time feeling, not the fear of feeling that way again, but the real feeling, the originating event. And the inability to be an adult and be present with that and thus to bail on the process wanting someone else to do it and not being able to recognize the personal abandonment in that. Pema Children speaks beautifully about this in her work, particularly in places that scare you and when things fall apart, those two books. But, but overall, that recognition that, that these moments are these micro moments of abandonment in the, in the context of this show that add up to the massive patterns of abandonment that we collude to as a culture so what we sort of worked through last week was getting to a point of talking about um, the uh, the many different kinds of abandonment that we can connect with not to create some sort of hierarchy of this is real abandonment and that's not because. Abandonment hurts regardless of when it happens and how it happens. It's excruciatingly painful. But to recognize if we want to understand the mechanism in our personal abandonment. So if we're back to this hypothetical five-year-old who was abandoned. If we want to understand the actual act of abandonment. We have to not just generically paint it the color of abandonment but actually get into the what abandonment really happened. So, for example, we talked about the death of a parent. How a child is certainly going to feel abandoned by that. However, an adult can recognize that that parent had no intention to abandon. And can be compassionate and understand the child's feelings of abandonment, but um create a path, particularly shamanically, where we can actually potentially speak to the dead person, work with the dead person, even do the work necessary for the dead person to come back as an ancestral helping spirit. So that person at whatever age is never without that parent again. You know, so there there are ways then to reconcile um, that particular abandonment which is different from ways to reconcile other abandonments and so we talked about the feelings of abandonment particularly psychologically and emotionally that come um, from external um, dynamics that the family is caught up in so this can be divorce me and that's more the an external problem the children of the family are caught up and the parents are certainly choosing around that um, Job choices. We talked about being a refugee, being in a in a in a war zone kind of environment, and other bigger issues that push the adults or, into challenging choices. Um, and then we talked about as we move into somewhat more um, personal feeling abandonment when we have a you know parents that are present, but choosing parents that are there but choosing not to be present. And this can be because the parent is choosing to be unconscious and thus not present or mental illness in a parent, um, you know, some sort of other thing going on in a parent. It's really so, – so for example, helping a young self unpack the abandonment they felt by a single parent who was absolutely doing their best to provide for that child but was never around because of it, you know as an adult you can ha- especially as a an adult who's also a parent and also working, you now have a different perspective about that dynamic and you know one of the things that 's important about that, especially if the parents sort of not being around was because they were trying so hard to provide for the family is recognizing that as an adult you often still are unable to feel the actual loving impulse of that parent if you're still allowing um, the child in you that felt abandoned to stay feeling abandoned. And so the spiral path there is not only to bring presence to the child that felt abandoned and resolve that within yourself but to spiral deeper down the path to realize how, um, the abandonment has continued. The feeling of abandonment has continued because of your own unwillingness to receive the love that was there in the form that it could be offered in. And, and that, that is, um, a very sophisticated and mature piece of spiritual work that my helping spirits, um, really drug me through. I I don't claim to be enlightened at all, but helping me to understand the many ways my imperfect parents were actually expressing um, and giving to me in ways that I couldn't see because they weren't the ways I wanted or the ways I needed. But because I wasn't receiving what I wanted and needed didn't mean energy wasn't coming to me. So, and this is particularly important around abandonment because once we decide we're abandoned, we can actually put up some pretty big walls, which, which are protective so that we are not hurt again. And yet the very wall itself makes it so everybody ends up being forced to abandon us because they can't get in. So my point last week was to recognize there's this energetic exchange in these emotional events and to work with yourself through the presence and the story and your helping spirits to understand how do we transform our understanding of that now that we have an adult self who is choosing not to abandon the child self who was abandoned in real time back in the past. Okay, so then we, we talked about parents who are present, who were there but not present. Um, And then finally, we talked about literal abandonment, where there is a pa- parent who simply bold-faced, honestly says, um, I'm not doing this. I'm leaving and leaves. And that is a really interesting thing to deal with too. I talked about it. I was thinking of a particular client as I spoke about it last week, but, um, which is a woman who really did just abandon her children, leave, went to another country, left them with relatives, never spoke to them again until they came and found her. So that's, that's pretty, pretty literal abandonment. But I also know of a woman who was trapped in such a painfully dysfunctional dynamic with her husband that she was literally unable to parent her children because of the restrictions um, in the dynamic between the adults and that she had to literally abandon her children Um, lose everything in the divorce, you know, the whole thing. Deal with the judgment and the um, abandonment of many of her own friends because she had abandoned her children. You know, deal with all of that to be able to become the mother that she really wanted to be and then reconnect with each of her children and be present with them as they... Each worked through their own. I hate you, Mom. You abandoned me. But it—it it was the necessary path, given how dysfunctional her relationship had gotten. You know. So my point is, we can heal from abandonment. <laughs> we don't have to keep dragging this thing along. That feels as if we can't reconcile it because we have no control over the other person who keeps abandoning us. The point is, we have complete control over ourselves. And our willingness to walk down the spiral path, feel what we need to feel, connect with ourselves, and stop abandoning ourselves. Okay. So that's why understanding the nature of the abandonment matters. Uh, we need to be present with the reality of how it unfolded so that we can articulate the questions we need to ask, find whatever information we need, bring the energies in to reconcile the dynamic. Because the thing about abandonment is it feels like zero here in the person who got abandoned and 100% out there with the person who's leaving. And, and so what we want to do is be able to create a kind of reconciliation. So that it doesn't mean we're happy. doesn't mean everybody's forgiven. It doesn't mean we've made peace necessarily, but that we have reconciled this. So there is um, the energy exchange has been, the scales have been rebalanced guess would be a way to think about it. Um, So presence with yourself with a you who was abandoned is required if you're going to walk the spiral path and you have to be able to bring an adult along that path no matter the energy you find along the path you still have to be willing to be the grown up Um, and you have to have the courage to do it for yourself. And to recognize, in the end, one of the hallmarks of a mature adult person is the realization that it was always yours to do. And that's an important piece of recognizing that as an empowered person, you are your own responsibility. And it was always yours to do. So... In the moment something is happening, let's call those emotions – the the emotions are real, real real-time. So let's call them real-time emotions. So real-time emotions are tracking with real-time experience. So these emotions are different from the patterned emotions or the triggered emotions. And I don't want to say that patterned or triggered emotions aren't real because they certainly feel real. And all you need to do is to see a vet in full-blown PTSD and you can see how real they feel. The issue is that the experience is no longer tracking in the moment reality. So so how do we get to these triggered emotions like a fear of abandonment? So when we disconnect from the expression of a real-time emotion for some reason, we end up creating triggered emotions. And there's lots of dynamics in childhood that feel to, seem as if they force us into this situation. So in other words, in the moment, we can experience the real, true, real-time emotions. We can avoid them and shut down to protect ourselves. Um, or we can indulge them in some sort of excessive expression of the emotion. And these latter two, to deny them and shut down to be safe or to become excessive in the expression of the emotion, both move us out of the real-time experience and the real-time emotion. And then at that time of the originating event, they create then within us these patterns of energy that result in these triggered emotions. And so this fear of abandonment based on past issues of abandonment is exactly that kind of thing. So what, what this is really saying then is when, when they move us out of presence, when the, when the choice around the emotional expression moves us out of presence, then what happens gets buried within ourselves. And it's buried there until we can be present with it. And this, this is really the purpose of this idea of the spiral path. And, and the other thing about the spiral path that I think is important is recognizing that things are in their own sequence. So when the physical body is healing, we, we have a certain kind of, we, we might be impatient with it, but we recognize the sequence of things that need to happen for the physical body to heal. And yet somehow when we talk about the emotional body, the psychological body, the spiritual body and its wounds and its need for healing, we have no patience for the steps. We have an unwillingness for the steps. So if I need to deal with my fear of abandonment to stop attracting partners who are going to abandon me, then I have to be willing to walk the steps of the spiral path. And what I see so often, especially with fear of abandonment, is the refusal. And then not seeing how that refusal to simply step down the steps of the spiral path in and of itself is abandonment. So it's very... um, challenging dynamic for, for us so when we're on the spiral path we're looking for the time that the emotion was real we're getting out of the denial patterns the fear patterns, the excessive patterns the blah 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 of what's going on here and we're getting back to where the feeling was real and in that uh, we are not looking to re-experience the emotion and this is the point I don't think I made very well last week we are looking at the real-time emotion to understand the energetic mechanism in it, the energy exchange in that moment, which is why pointing out the different kinds of abandonment that add up to be abandonment is important to understand. And this is, this is critical information if we're going to actually clear energies because in these events that are not fully experienced in real time, that become stuck events within us, that become patterned energies. There's loops and hooks, there's mechanisms that link things together and they link together so fast that we're right back in the old pattern before we know it and the spiral path is slowing that down and looking at the links in the chain or the pieces of the mechanism to understand how to Dismantle it, that it's not about refeeling the feelings again. It's about getting to that original real-time feeling as it's held in our body so that we can understand its design, not refeel it. And that and shift that energetic exchange. So it's particularly important when we're to address the questions that I received from um, a listener this week about last week's show, this understanding that there is a logic and a st- and and a structure to our emotional life and our psychological life that follows a path of healing that is the same that it, that is similar to the path of healing our physical body follows. And we have to follow it. That's what the spiral path is about. So anyway, the listener uh, wrote in. He says, I had a question. um, And this was where I was discussing the larger forces that are acting on a family. He says, mostly you were discussing how it helps to explain these larger forces to the child so that they understand what is actually happening. And he says, however, I've had one or two clients that the larger forces acting on them are still larger forces acting on them, as in they're traumatized due to systematic racism that is still acting upon them. Or a client who – for whom the feds busted into his house when he was a child and um, trashed the house and terrorized the family Um, and and it woke him up to the reality of being brown – An immigrant in the United States and even though now that he works at the UN, he still feels deeply unsafe in the country and with good reason, which I would agree. And what do you do when that initial violence from the society is still being acted out widely in the society? So I want to kind of connect us back especially for those of you who listen regularly there was a part of the show that was so you you know you claimed your personal power now what and in that show we looked at what happens in the worst case scenario um, that you clear your issues um So people aren't pulled into your script. You communicate clearly and compassionately. You honor your limits and boundaries and the limits and boundaries of others. And yet the abuse of power continues in your family or your workplace. Um, In some sort of dynamic of a relationship, you don't have the power to completely change. And one of the things I said is, well, there comes a point at which you simply have to document everything and, and tell human resources. You know, there's a point at which You only have power over your own behavior and how changing your behavior can affect other people. But at a certain point, other people are choosing to do what they're going to do and there's nothing you can do about that. And so you need to do what is important. So my point was do what is built into the system to support yourself. So um, you have to engage in the reality of the system that holds the relationship that's holding you in this dynamic with the person who's abusing power. So it's the same sort of idea in what I want to talk about today is um, where there isn't a purely energetic and spiritual answer, you have to engage with the reality that's before you on one hand. And in in the context of today's show, and in particular with abandonment and presence, and then you have to make extra special sure that in your own inner world that you are you have not internalized the culture which is which is excruciatingly hard to do so most of us have internalized the culture in spite of everything and to to walk the spiral path to clear the ways you've internalized the culture so in other words if the culture has abandoned its its responsibility to protect the safety and well-being of its brown citizens Right? if that's the reality of the culture which I would say it is in America then the reality is there that we that we're locked into that relationship as long as we choose to be in this culture so a piece of it is being really lucid and sober about the ordinary reality of it but the other piece of it is it means there's this extra work <clears throat> the person has to do in themselves to make sure that culture hasn't been internalized emotionally or psychologically or spiritually. I mean the same thing would be true for myself as a woman and issues of safety in my culture. I don't feel safe although as a white woman I'm sure I feel safer than a brown woman um, but I don't feel safer than a woman who physically can defend herself you know so all of these things mean that I have to make sure within myself. That I have rigorous practices around nonviolence to myself. Not that it's my responsibility to change it out in the world, it's my responsibility to make absolutely sure it's changed within myself. And then to be really lucid and sober about what is going on in the real world, which is the foundation for then choosing what battle are we going to fight. Or what battles are we going to fight with our life and which ones are we not going to fight and to deploy our resources uh, because the whole point of all of this is being people who can be agents of change in the real world and by that I am not saying that it's the responsibility of this brown person to change it in America. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is whatever it is that we feel called in our life to be agents of change around, because most of us do feel called, that to be that agent of change, we have to be responsible for who we are in the culture we've chosen to live in so that we are able to be safe in doing our work, whatever our work is. Okay, let me try that again. So, okay. So, what if the reality of the system is in and of itself the problem is basically the listener's question. So, what if the reality of the system the person is living in is in and of itself still the problem? So, the problem the kid experienced is still being experienced in present time. The first thing to recognize is they are the same problem. And they're not literally the same problem because the experience the kid had was only real time for the kid. There's a new experience now. It's the same theme, but it's not the same experience. And that's part of the thing I was trying to discern when I talked about real time feelings and triggered feelings, real time emotions and triggered emotions, real time events. So we have to be careful to not, in other words, just because I've had this experience with men in the past it doesn't mean all men forever will always be that way even though I still live in a culture that is patriarchal and sexist so that's the thing about uh, that I'm really trying to talk about in these two shows is our responsibility as spiritual adults to discern and not to let our fear and our emotional and psychological um, angst mess, trauma, uh, pain, whatever, run over our capacity to align our belly, our heart and mind and resonate with the truth that's going on here. That's important to not be um, trying to use generalities when we're talking about our own inner specificities. Okay. So this means that along the spiral path there are some additional turns. If we're going to deal with this situation where the outer world is still the problem for the current time adult that um you still have all the steps along the spiral path that we've already described in last week's show. You bring your adult presence to the past self and there real-time emotions from then, you engage in those real-time emotions of this past self, not your patterned emotions in your current self, you sort out the dynamics of the particular abandonment, this exchange that I was talking about, and in this case, the larger context is important information in sorting that out then. The adult self stands up for what is right and fair for the child. The adult self doesn't say, I can't stand up for what is right and fair for the child because it's still not right and fair for me. Because that's not an act of presence. That's an act of stepping off the spiral path back into ordinary reality. When you're on the spiral path, you're not really in ordinary reality anymore. So you have to stay on the path and follow the steps. So you, the adult self still has to stand up for what is right and fair for this child. The child deserved to not be abandoned, so don't abandon it. And this takes an enormous courage, much more courage, when the adult self knows these issues still exist in the everyday world. Nonetheless, not abandoning, your, not abandoning yourself means being that needed caretaker for your past self no matter the circumstances on the spiral path okay so you must be the medicine there's no opt-out you must be the medicine no matter how terrifying it is to find that within yourself and be it and so this all assumes that you can find the courage to do that now the shamanic piece here is what if you're like how the hell can I do something I've never experienced and never learned good question Go find a helping spirit who can teach you and learn it in non-ordinary reality. That's how I did it. You don't have another choice. If it's not here in everyday reality for you, go learn it in non-ordinary reality and come back, bring it to the kid, tell the kid trusts what you're giving. You're, you as the caretaker are giving enough to have that transaction complete itself. Then the next step on the spiral path is to be present with your adult self and your adult real-time emotions. But as long as you are smushing the two together, you can't move, right? And so we, we complete the transaction of emotional energy with the child self. And we move down the path because when that's changed from the child self, your perspective on everything changes. I'm not saying now all of a sudden you know, America isn't a patriarchal sexist place to be or a racist place to be or any of those things. But your own inner perspective changes with each clearing you do, each integration of a soul part, each healing of an ancestral helping spirit, each of these micro clearings along the spiral path. Every single moment of presence you bring to yourself to bring yourself into greater wholeness changes your perspective on yourself and on your world it can't not so you got to walk down that spiral path and let your awareness shift and that come to that place on the spiral path deeper in not out back into ordinary reality but deeper on your personal spiral path to find that adult who knows that these problems still exist real time out in the world and on that path real time that adult has to explore what is right, what is true, what is aligned with higher truths and how is that different from the everyday truth or reality that is being experienced. Keeping in mind that our experience of reality is mutable and changeable. And it changes uh, based on our own inner wholeness, among other things. Or our own inner distortion, right? So, So as we become the medicine for our past self, it changes who we are in our present self. So if you have been present for that past self and release the habits of abandonment the next step then so now you know for sure you're not abandoning yourself then the next step is to really name that cultural abandonment for the present time person to bring your own conscious presence to that abuse of power in what is. And the presence to that um, community, culture um, that is needed but is not there. You know, to name all of these things. Because now you're unpacking this experience and its dynamics in this time. And so this this is also like finding the prayer or the blessing that needs to be laid down in the very fabric of your spiral path. That comes out of... What is right, what is true, what is aligned with the real energies and the greater truth. So, for example, every human being deserves the right to feel protected within their own culture equally. But we don't have that. That doesn't change the fact that at a deeper level it is true. We know that in our guts. And so we lay that down from the spiral path we lay that down into the foundation in our life as a blessing or a prayer as a possibility that could be everything we find in that inner exchange on that spiral path that isn't as it should be if we're present with it and strong and empowered in ourselves not abandoning ourselves on that spiral path if we're present Then we, you know, it's like blowing it into our life as a blessing or a prayer for what could be. Knowing full well it isn't yet. But we speak from that place of the deeper truth of what needs to be, what could be, what should be, what is aligned with the higher spiritual principles. And so in these places where the culture is truly and fully failing the individual... These are parts of the culture where you may not be the medicine for the culture, but you can still be medicine for yourself. And in that, because you are medicine for the culture, you become a tiny drop of medicine. I mean, in that, because you are part of the culture, to make that change in your internal world makes you a drop of medicine in the culture world so then the next thing to do you have that which you can't change you you've changed what you can within yourself you've given your life and yourself that blessing and stepped into that place of power of knowing what is right and true within yourself then you need to decide is this my battle literally, does fighting this particular battle of injustice in the world offer me a good vehicle for my soul's purpose? If yes, then the next step down the spiral path is what do I need to do to become an agent of change? How can I birth that agent of change out of this friction and violence with this particular time spirit? So in this case, it was the the racism against brown-skinned people. So if that is the call, then the spiral path continues to understand what do I do to become the agents of change for that? And I'm not saying it's anyone's responsibility. I'm saying it's your choice. So in this example, it's possible... I don't know the person wasn't my client but it's possible that, that that this person in working for the UN has found a very clear way to be part of the medicine ultimately by doing that job they are not the whole answer and it is not their responsibility but perhaps they have chosen part of what guided them into this work I don't I don't know for sure but that's the point is you can choose to then become functional in a way that is part of the solution. That is an option and it's a choice. And it's it's made because not out of a fear of abandonment, oh my God, I have to change the situation because I'm afraid, but as a, from a place of empowering yourself to restore what is right and true and empower yourself to change that cultural abandonment and stand in presence against that particular time spirit. That's a possibility. It's also possible the answer is no. This is not my battle to fight. This is not a good expression of my soul's purpose. That, Not that I wouldn't live in each day in a way that supports justice around this situation, but this particular battle is not mine to fight. It does not allow me to use my gifts. So then the dynamic is about how you stay present with your reality to yourself and not, and not um, abandon it to the cultural reality. And in that empowered place, how do I attend to the very, my very real needs for safety in this, in this case, in this example that we're using? And in this empowered place on my spiral path, how do I bring justice to my day in my own way? So either way, you have to bring presence to yourself and the painful painful parts of this reality that you've incarnated in. Um, that we cannot be medicine and change in the world if we are not in the world. If we are in the past, we're not really in the world and we are not agents of change. So this is the piece though, is choosing When I'm now back in the world, real-time adult person facing the violence against me that still exists, am I choosing to go deeper into allowing this issue to turn me into an agent of change and make this my point? Or am I manifesting something else in my life, which means on one hand – I need to make very real choices in my ordinary reality day, day by day, to do my best to protect myself, to be present for myself and to not abandon myself. And and there's a greater burden. So in America, for example, for the most part, there's a greater burden on people of color to do that because the system is unjust. But the other side of it is, and this is the piece that I think gets left out sometimes, is that if I know the system I'm choosing to live in, the culture that I am part of is unjust in this way, then I need to make damn sure that I am working on the counterbalance to that in my non-ordinary reality life. In other words, I feel that it's somewhat like um, if I eat whatever I want, I will get very fat and I will be very unhappy. And I can't simply be mad about that. It is the physical reality of that situation. So now when we talk about a culture, there is a physical reality that is set up by the culture and the dynamic between the individuals and the culture. And just as I feel powerless about the laws of chemistry and physics of food in my body... There's a certain feeling of this is bigger than me. I didn't set up the rules. I feel somewhat powerless relative to this um, injustice in my culture. But in reality, I can make different I can make choices in the day that allow me to do all that I can do to balance that scale. And what we miss as uh, contemporary people is how much we can do through the cultivation of a rich and robust spirit life with our helping spirits to balance some of these scales. And particularly if that is not the battle we're choosing to fight, this is really, it's a really important piece. In other words, I know this culture is unjust, I'm choosing to live here, and I need to do something to make to take care of myself then. I need to do something to be able to be safe in this world that is sort of fundamentally unsafe for me. And is that unfair? Absolutely. It is. Is it unfair that um, the sexism, the race, all those things are But part of being here in the world is staying lucid and sober about it. It is unfair. It is what it is. How do I protect myself relative to it? So on one hand, we make absolutely certain that we're not doing it internally because we've internalized the culture. That's the spiral path piece. And we can even meet the adult on the spiral path and keep sorting that out for the adult as well. But then when we're back here in our day making choices about what we're going to invest our time and energy in, assuming we haven't made a choice that that's the battle we're going to go fight, then we need to remember that we have actions to take in ordinary and non-ordinary reality. And non-ordinary reality actions affect ordinary reality. And that there is much that we can do by having a rich, mature, healthy, spiritual life... that allows the coincidences to fall our way. And... where we know we the, the deck is stacked against us... part of the logic of this is to understand that I need to... or I have the opportunity to put that much more energy or focus into my mature spiritual practice so that I can do all that I am able to do to balance the scales in my life that I don't do not carry the culture internally on one hand so I do not call it towards me because of that but at the same time that I recognize that what is right and true is right and true for every living human being and I can work non-ordinary reality big time to support that reality in my life. And all the time remembering the distinction in real time feelings that the real time feds busting into the house and terrifying the child and creating the fear of abandonment there even though it is birthed out of the same system of injustice, that that actual experience is not the same experience the adult is having. And it's not the same experience the adult will have in two years. That we have to work with the experiences real time and not let our fear of what is going to happen because the system still prevails and that culture out there knock us out of real time. Because it is in real time that we have power and by being in real time I'm not excluding the non-ordinary reality relationships we've created that are then present with us in real time is it unfair that you have to work that much harder because of an unjust system absolutely is it a miracle That we have this non-ordinary reality world we can develop to support us in this? Yeah. Does it mean shit won't happen? No. But I believe it does mean it will happen differently. And the beauty of actually being a person who develops that non-ordinary reality culture is you start creating a different culture. One that is just and that is right and that is true and that is based on these spiritual principles. So I give thanks to the energy of the earth below and the sky above. I give thanks for the ancestral energies that gather around us in their many forms. And I give thanks to the heart that unites us all. Let's all do something this week to let our heart be that much brighter and clearer as a beacon for what is right and true in the world. Thank you, everyone.